get recording. So uh, going through the, um, the talk, Ministering with the Power and Authority of God, what stood out to you this time that either was uh, kind of a new insight or kind of a re-emphasis from, from when you studied it prior? Uh, what stood out to you with this talk, um, uh, this go around and, and uh, diving into it? So in um, the book of Nelson, it would be chapter four. So when I was reading this ministry um, part, I went back and picked up um, Elder Holland's and Sister Bam's talks. Mm -hmm. And um, I just really feel impressed that ministering is really key. Yeah. Like really key. This is not a joke. This is this is it. and so I sent it out to the Relief Society presidency and said we need to study these talks and do something different. Mm -hmm. so that's what I got from that. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, like, it, for some reason, it, that's just so necessary to uh, get that that re-emphasis, right? Because um, I don't know. I I got it back then, and I I caught the bug and everything. But uh, reading these words again, it was just like, oh man, yeah, ministering is is it. This is where we need to, to redouble down on, on our focus and everything. Yeah, and then uh, over there on uh, page 13 of his talk, um, in verse 12, it's at the bottom, we will minister in his name with his power and authority and with his loving kindness. We are his little, yeah, get it done. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a lot of folks um, have kind of slapped just because there's not as much accountability, all the reports and all that stuff. But I think this is like part of taking off our training wheels. Will we really minister to our brothers and sisters or do we need to be nagged to do it, you know, mm -hmm. type of thing? And a lot of people have really let off the gas. I, I, kind of sad. So it was really interesting to have an uh, Isaiah perspective uh, after having read the, the ministering ladder to heaven, right? And like, right. oh, oh, so a lot of this stuff is there, but like, seriously, it, it all comes down to if you want to minister to others, then you'll be ministered to. And it, it kind of lines out those, those roles there. Like, um, I don't know. It, it just makes so much sense <laughs> having uh, went through Isaiah and, and looking at it that way. And what President Nelson is being guided to do is like, oh, this is another kind of domino in that, that sequence of events in, in the last days. Uh, it's so crucial. So I'm going to start this with an apology. I don't have the book of Nelson in front of me, but can you tell me like each paragraph and make that um, like one, two, three, four, if I counted down the paragraphs, would it uh -huh, yeah, so when I put together the book of Nelson, that's what I tried to do was just make each paragraph the verse number. So it should be there unless I messed up. <laughs> it, it should be right around that. Um, so um, so she was just what you from, read was, say it again, what you read. It was the very last part of verse 12. Oh, so. you, can help, you can help all see that with the eye of faith. Is that what you said, obedient? No, that's not what you said. Uh -huh. So the paragraph should start with a hallmark of the Lord's true and living church. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. And it's that last sentence there. We will return. Footnote. It's very last sentence. Okay, yes, we've got it. So if I count, if you say 12, I'll count paragraphs or I'll just like write them. I had already started um, before you put out your book. Someone had published in 2020. Oh, yes. And so that's why I didn't grab yours. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you just have to count. <laughs> I have the PDF. So, and I just have to say that um, I had a little bit of anxiety before our meeting tonight thinking, oh my gosh, I just didn't do this the way I really wanted to do this. And I can't remember. And there's so many different topics that it, my brain is just like all over. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else feel like that? Like if we read a chapter, mm -hmm. we could just like focus on a topic. But uh-huh. That's why this is so much different than, than the book club or whatever. It's going to take a little bit getting used to, and we might have to like revamp. I, I'm totally open to suggestions if we need to. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just want to see if anybody else about this. But even in one talk, there's multiple topics. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyway, I love your deep dive ideas, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to pull this off, this part of it, but that's okay. Yeah, those are just ideas. Those are like uh, me and my mom. We spent like three hours on this talk, didn't we? And we only got through like four of those different bullet points. So I mean, it's it, it's just ideas. If you want to use them, you don't have to, but um, they're they're just kind awesome. of fun little things to to work on. Well, I'm I'm excited to hear more. So <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I just had to share those little things. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Um. Let's see. Yes. Paragraph before. Can I do this? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> I was trying to. Okay, so the paragraph before that, Laura, uh -huh. uh, he makes, there's a prophetic statement that, well, he invites us to uh it begins, to all brethren holding the priesthood, I invite you to inspire members to keep the covenants, fast, pray, study the scriptures, worship in the temple, and serve with faith as men and women of God. And so we will help all to see with the eye of faith that obedience and righteousness will draw them closer to Jesus Christ and allow them to enjoy the companionship of the Holy Ghost and experience joy in life. So as we do the things that we're supposed to fast and pray and study, then we can help draw others to feel the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And we can do that easily. Right? Mm-hmm. And I can see where he's leading us now that yeah. we've read Triumph of Zion and all these things. I'm like, oh, like that stuff is in clear focus for me. Mm -hmm. Words pop out and I'm like, boom, he's been saying this all along. But it's just kind of like the secret, the secret treasure map. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what's it's interesting kind of about this uh, 2018 general conference was I don't I mean, I was studying, but I wasn't like fully woken up yet. I, I still had lots of, of journey ahead of me. And so going back to this was like, oh, I can see things in a way yeah. different perspective yeah. than at the time. 
Yeah, because he's trying right there to get us to start. Hey, you need the Holy Ghost with you first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put on your training wheels. I had not been rebaptized at this point. Mm-hmm. I did. I remember back to this time because I always used to go celebrate Easter with some friends and we'd have this big picnic and they were so mad at me because I wouldn't go because I'm like, no, I. I'm different now because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to keep the commandments and not break the Sabbath day. And that would have broken it for me by going with them and doing all that fun stuff. It just wouldn't have been okay to do that. So instead I was watching conference and re- in my space of repentance, trying to say I was baptized just a month later. Anyway, it was good to read like i've read these many times but it's different now going through like i say what we've been studying way different mm-hmm. that's beautiful thank you so much tracy for always sharing your journey i'm such an inspiration oh it's frightening <laughs> I, I wish i could have heard you talk that because I'm sure the transfer transformation is huge. I mean, just you're so soft spoken and just like so thoughtful. And, and I'm not soft spoken. <laughs> <laughs> you spend a day with me, we like wait. <laughs> yeah, we put on our, our best yeah. But no, it's I mean I I was Still, I was in another church. I still went to church all the time and was, I'd still ministered to people. And my mom always said I was still secretly a Mormon because I still kept the word of wisdom and had food storage and all this stuff. But um, I am way different though in a lot of other ways, you know. Mm-hmm. I really loved um, President Nelson's braveness with Brother Cox. That was... Oh, I love that story. <laughs> Serious. Like yeah. when he uses his voices. I I was listening to them before I read them. Like that's my bedtime story because Cameron stopped his bedtime <laughs> stories. <laughs> is that a copyright thing, Cameron? Is that what happened? Well, I was just nervous about copyright. I asked Herrick or whatever, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, as long as you're not sharing them and trying to like steal away from it. But um, the four ordinations one, on the other hand, yeah, I, I don't know if that one will be coming back in the same way. We'll see. <laughs> so are you going to put the other one back back up or not? Uh-huh, yeah, it, it's back up now. Back up. Okay. I hadn't started the other one yet. I have a lot going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not enough time to study everything. <laughs> It was fun listening to President Nelson with, with the voice of yeah. Brother Fox. Oh, no. <laughs> you are. Coming. And now, and he moved to where my cousins live. So I've got to figure out if they know him. Uh huh. Yeah. In Manti, San Pete County. That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. And he let us sit down in front of him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So the last line of this is pretty powerful, right? Verse 24. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, this is like one of my favorite talks of all time. Like that, those last two verses, the last two paragraphs. I mean, 
like moved me. Nothing's ever moved me like that. Do you want to read those? Well, I guess if you want to. <laughs> I guess I kind of altered in the. Unless the light is really bright, I can't see the words quite clearly. <laughs> That's why I always ask you to read. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, so tonight I invite you literally to rise up with me in our great eternal brotherhood. When I name your priesthood office, please stand and remain standing. Deacons, please arise. Teachers, arise. Bishops, I mean, priests, bishops. Elders, high priests, patriarchs, 70s apostles. Now, brethren, will you please remain standing and join with our chorus in singing all three verses of Rise Up, O Men of God. While you sing, think of your duty as God's mighty army to help prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord. This is our charge. This is our privilege. So testify. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I mean, that was just like so powerful at the time. And the thing is, I don't even think I knew what that fully entailed and meant at the time. I just knew that we were being called, like the ranks were being called and it was just like electrifying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So powerful. And then the words to that, that hymn, let's read that real quick. Because I mean, that's awesome. Um, sorry, I should have had that pulled up before we were doing it. 324. Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God, in one unified throng. Bring in the day of brotherhood and end the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God, tread where his feet have trod. As brothers of the Son of Man, rise up, O men of God. I mean, the, the, the power of those words and singing in unison after our rank and file has just been called up to battle is like, <laughs> I don't even know. It, it gets me all tearful just now. But like, yikes. That is some power there. And this is, <laughs> I mean, there's introductory remarks, but this is his first talk as president of the church um, uh, to the priesthood brethren anyway. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> things don't go back to the way they used to. I mean, um, we talk about the, the new normal that, that comes later on in a couple of years, but no, the new normal started back here. This is, this is huge. Yeah, I think he was preparing the brethren for what was to come in the next year. And I'm not sure how many of them heeded the call, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because we had the pandemic a year, almost a year and a half later. And so it's interesting. What I marked was at the very, very beginning of it. It says it doesn't matter where one serves. What the Lord cares about is how one serves. Yeah. And so I looked that up. I looked that word up and and how meant manner and method. So manner was the conduct and behavior and method is a process or procedure, a systematic plan. So do we have a systematic plan for ministering? Mm -hmm. And how is our conduct and behavior when we do it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's verse 11 is the plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 11. To all brother and holy priesthood, I invite you to inspire members to keep the covenants, fast, pray, study scriptures, worship in the temple, and serve with faith as men and women of God. That's the 
that's a plan to, to accomplish. Yeah. yeah, another one I had, it says that we, they should lead and serve by sacrificing the Lord's way with love, kindness, and patience. They bless, guide, protect, and strengthen others by the power of the priesthood they hold. Mm -hmm. Too many brothers and sisters do not fully understand the concept of priesthood power and authority. They act as though they would rather satisfy their own selfish desires and appetite rather than use the power of God to bless his children. Yeah, those are some pretty are you Which one is that, Elf? That's um, six and seven. Six paragraphs down. Six and seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where he says, now may I voice a concern? Yeah. Yeah, it's footnote. Yeah, footnotes. It's footnote two, the first part of is footnote two but then when you start deep diving into the scriptures did did you all do that yeah into all those footnotes and stuff i mean yeah some power and there then, and then within those scriptures there were more to dive into like when you go to like doctrine and covenants 84 and doctrine and covenants 107 and you get like that Ezekiel and Acts and Hebrews and <coughs> so all those other things to dive into. Um, just my little notes, it's talking about see the face of God, stand in God's presence. Just again, all the things we've been studying about. And I don't know, it's just popping out at me everywhere. <coughs> like it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love um, footnote I, I, let's see, it might be like numbered in the other versions. What, <laughs> I need to remember my eyes, A, B, C, D, E, F, <laughs> K, L, M, N, O, E. I don't even know. Anyway, um, it says Leonora's fasting and prayer every Monday for years surely had a powerful influence for good. Um, that in context of the story is huge that um yes president nelson elder brother nelson at the time um was well, i guess he was president at the time um was was called a minister but who performed the davidic covenant on his behalf to rend a veil for him it was leonora and you don't get that without the footnotes it was you know, leonora like, is that brother cox's wife yeah yeah his wife and so she had been fasting and praying every Monday for years. And um, anyway, that, that shows how powerful that principle was. And President Nelson wasn't just going to, to let that by the wayside. He includes it in the footnotes so that we know exactly where that comes from. And so I, I found that a very powerful principle. Because as you're studying this chiastically, I'll, I'll show you my chiastic studies in a minute, but... Um, it, that's kind of like one of the crescendos in the, the chiasm is Brother Cox's transformation and Leonora as the catalyst for it. Because um, priesthood is nothing without the pair. And so um, this, is, this is a huge um, event in, in this uh, talk here. And, and that footnote is, is crucial to it. So say how you said that, a Davidic, um, say how you said that, because I'm going to write it in the notes. The, so like, yes, Brother Nelson was assigned to, to minister, and, and a lot of his ministering helped turn this around. 
but the catalyst for rending the veil of unbelief for um what's his name brother cox i what's his wilbur um was his wife leonora performing the davidic covenant on his behalf Yeah. And so as we look through like the, the divine laws, how many were there in here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So there's, I counted, there could be more, I just didn't know, but like I counted 15 divine laws in this talk alone. And um, as we see all of those, there's the, the law of stewardship, the law of assignment, the law of ministering, the law of teaching. President Nelson does some of those, but um, Leonora does, does another part and stuff. And so it's this, this multifaceted ministering program that, that he's really referring to here. It, it never just comes by one person alone. And um, as we're ministered to, we're ministered to by, by those above us. Um, Anyway, it's just so enlightening having Isaiah as a background and Triumph of Zion as a background going into this. I'm trying to think there was another footnote that just like really caught my attention. Which one was it? Oh, footnote J, so two footnotes after that. In 1954, I mean, this is a huge part of the story that, I mean, he could have easily worked that in, but then things wouldn't have fit as nicely in a literary format. And so uh, he puts it as a footnote. In 1954, branch president Ira Terry called Wilbur to be the branch Sunday school superintendent. Wilbur accepted the calling and dropped forever all habits contrary to the word of wisdom. He devoted the rest of his life in service to the Lord's work. And so I think that that's, uh, that's huge. Um, because why was it necessary that he kind of like outed Brother Cox? Like you could just say that he wasn't necessarily worthy, but I mean, you, you specifically point out it's word of wisdom and, and he lit up a cigar. <laughs> like that, that's kind of a, a pointed thing there. But as you go through the rest of his talks in this conference, as you're looking for, for context, each one of his talks brings up the importance of the word of wisdom. Um, in the next one, Revelation for the Church, uh, it's about his President Nelson's father when he went and broke the, uh, the liquor bottles, right? And so mm -hmm. like, why is the word of wisdom so prevalent in President Nelson's first conference? Like, this is huge for him as he is working through these, these blessings. So uh, he's telling us that uh, it's not so, like El said, it's not so much about where we serve, but how we serve. And we're living beneath our privileges. But an underlying thing here is that the word of wisdom is really key. And I hope you guys get it. I'm gonna mention it every single time, but the word of wisdom is, is what we need to, to work on. Um, but he doesn't just come right out and say that, but it is this, um, if we're looking at like the, the Pardis principle, it's um, in that Darash layer of, of that. Anyway, I, I found that so interesting, why he's uh, tying that, that thread through all of his talks here. 
He keeps the word of wisdom so well. I, I don't know where I read it, but he doesn't eat meat at all. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I think, I think that's where we're supposed to be moving. Just like the scriptures tell us, eat it sparingly. But most people, it's got to be at every single meal, you know. And I've been trying to cut it out because I'm a meat eater, but <laughs> it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, interesting you know, that, Satan he, is doing that the meat uh, Satan is doing the meat thing for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And we go and sometimes the meat section is just like completely wiped out. We're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody's order and there's no meat. Well, what do we do for a replacement? <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and all the, the controversy that's behind meat, if you're not familiar with it, the animals use or leave too much carbon, and so we need to go to plant-based um, foods. So um, our agency has been taken away, which is what Satan didn't want us to have agency. So he's taking it away for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I have a different perspective, and this is, I don't even know if I dare say this, <laughs> you guys, but I'm going to put it out there. Um, so I go down a lot of rabbit holes all the time and you guys know that the battle we're in right now is a lot of human sex trafficking in the world right you guys know about all that and in our food supply is a lot of human meat and so I also think that plays into it too and like think about your fast foods and stuff like that. That's where a lot of that stuff goes. And so I think that's in there too. <laughs> a lot of people don't know about that stuff. And um, it's it's ridiculously evil. Yeah, we can see Satan's hand in, in lots of different areas that, that are really creeping in. If you, if you look at your food labels, I'm a, a food person and have been for a long time. Just and my motto is always just eat real food. That's it. But um, if you look at your labels, any label that says natural flavoring, it doesn't really disclose what that is. There are, there's a formula that's created that is full of human fetal cells that they use to enhance taste. And so pretty much every major food company is like a captured operation that is doing that to us. Mm-hmm. And people just don't know it. It's got a special name. It's got a, a name they use, but it's never disclosed on the label other than it just says human or uh, natural flavoring. So for me, when I when you I think coach. about the word of wisdom and about conspiring men in the last days, there's a lot of no evil. Like, just make your own food, grow your own food as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. A friend did a, a post years ago on that, and she listed all the different products and the different names that it's under, like natural flavors. I can't remember all the different things, but it's in a lot of things like certain brands of ice cream, chewing gum. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. And it's just shocking what it was in. And it's human fetal cells is what it is. Mm-hmm. Just like supposedly the vaccines have human fetal cells, but they put it right. in 
supposedly right. food. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just that, but everything's synthetically made. It's not made with mm -hmm. real real things it's made synthetically it's plastics yeah. you name it everything's put into it so none of that our bodies are meant to be able to reuse repurpose you know go through our entire bodies so you know that's where a lot of that's really bad and and you know people like you were saying the emissions of cattle or whatever they're trying to say how terrible just the the ethane gas that it produces and it's like well I will put them in my garage and close the door and <laughs> see if, how long it takes me before I die from just their gas. <laughs> I mean, my daughter owns a dairy, they own a dairy farm, you know, so I'm lucky we have access to those types of things that we all know what it's made from. But a lot of people just think, oh no, you get it at the store. They don't realize that right. they've been brainwashed to think that that's not how it comes that you know you're cruel to do them kinds of things but you pick a plant and it's okay you're killing it too right sorry to derail it a little bit but the word of wisdom it just stuck out and i just thought you know i'm gonna just tell you guys what i know so maybe yeah. some grief so you don't wake up and like ah, i've been eating oreos forever like if you read the label of oreos it tells you right on the label it's a bioengineered I mean, it's like, don't eat those anymore. I used to eat them, but they're super evil. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I think that the word of wisdom is, is a, a huge crucial uh, thing there uh, for the, the end times. Uh, that one document, um, uh, what's her name? AWB, I forget what that stands for all of a sudden off the top of my head. But um, uh, that word of wisdom document that I sent out, um, how crucial the word of wisdom will be in the future uh, versus like the destroying angel, the Passover and everything that we'll see that in very real ways. I think that's that definitely. A... Wait, what, what document was this? Yeah. Can you send that out? I don't think I got that one. I can't remember this at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I posted it on the Facebook group and then on actual learning Zion there, but um, I, I can email it to you as well. Um, when did you do it? Just recently? Uh, it's probably been like two or three months. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yes. I don't know either. It was kind of around that time that Joshua Mariano was like sending me some of those PDFs and stuff. It was right around that time. Um, but yeah, uh, it was the actual author that sent it to me. And she's like, you might find this really interesting. And I'm like, holy cow, it's way interesting. So um, anyway. So what was that called again? And I'll just, I'll just find it in Learning Science so you don't have to tell. Yeah, can you, you didn't put it in Learning Zion, did you? You put it on the Facebook, but not the WordPress one. Uh -huh, yeah, I think I put it in both. Let me open it. Oh, over. I didn't find it there. I'll have to look in the WordPress one. Um, and I just posted in the chat the guy that spoke to the Sisters of Liberty, who was an herbalist, and he's written a book on oh. the Word of Wisdom, too. And you can get free recipes. I just, you can get a free chapter and I just backed up to the next screen that I had saved and it's the recipes, <laughs> but um, that's the website for his information. And he's going to do a, a webinar on electromagnetic fields. I think this Tuesday or Wednesday, you just have to sign up for an account with him, but it's all free. And so he does weekly or monthly seminars on the word of wisdom and health. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for which sure. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I loved that one on uh, that he did the the herbalist and and things. That was very helpful. Anyway, the one by AWB is wisdom in his words. Wisdom in his words. Okay. Oh, you did it January 5th. I just found it. Okay. January 5th, you posted it. Oh, I'm, I'll email that one out as well. I missed it. Oh, goodness. I don't see proof I don't stay on social media all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, so let me pull up the, the chiastic view of, well, did I? Yeah, okay. Um, of this ministering with power and authority of God, uh, I thought this was was pretty interesting. So here is the overarching <laughs> chiasmus of the whole talk, um, where uh, where he says it's not where you serve, but how you serve, and how that plays into the uh, the charge and privilege at the very end, and um, the new assignments versus the call to arms. Uh, being compared with each other, I thought was very interesting. The uh, faithful examples of what we can do with um, the, the priesthood power and the fruits um, that, that come of it. Um, the effect of one man not giving a proper blessing um, was contrasted. Where did my other D go? I don't know. Anyway, the D, <laughs> something uh, messed up there. But um, then the E is where um, uh, the setting apart and the patriarchal blessings being contrasted with Brother Cox actually being called as a patriarch and giving proper blessings. And um, the, the privilege, uh, whomsoever you bless, I will bless, uh, versus ministering to the one. And uh, it all culminates in the stewardship that he is giving to the uh, the stake presidents and the the brethren at, at large that we are to make sure that um, our priesthood brethren know how to give blessings and how to qualify for that um, the power to do so and inspire members to keep their covenants. That's kind of like the whole crescendo of this chiasmus um, in, in this talk. Then as you go through, there's uh, quite a few other little chiasmus uh, intertwined to there. I thought this one was very interesting. Um, to all brethren holding the priesthood, I invite you to inspire members too. And then this list is chiastic. Keeping their covenants is being compared with serving with faith fasting and prayer being compared with worship in the temple, and then the emphasis of the chiasm on studying the scriptures. And so uh, looking through that pattern there, there's a lot to, uh, to deep dive with it. It took me a good half hour just to uh, really study that one with its accompanying footnotes, and there's lots of fun stuff in that one. Um, and then um, the the whole chiasmus of the, the Wilbur Cox story. Uh, this one's uh, kind of fun. So um, when he's talking about how he was a resident surgeon and later he gets contrasted in being part of the Quorum of the Twelve, yet he received an assignment here and he receives an assignment here. 
And so the, the law of assignments, I didn't know that it was a divine law, um, what we do with assignments. There are specific blessings and cursings associated with assignments that are different than, than other divine laws. And so that's kind of a, a fun uh, encounter I had just by studying the chiasmus. It, it led me to a new divine law to, to put down in, in my book. Um, and then we have the, the temple com being compared with uh, the temple president that Wilbur later becomes. Um, and then the companion uh, of Brother Cox, later he becomes an actual mission president. Sorry if I'm kind of bouncing around up and down because it's, it's kind of big here, but, um, and then somehow I messed up on my numbering there with Ds. But um, anyway, the amateur radio um, equipment there where he's asking Brother Cox to teach him and where he actually does return and, and teach. Um, that an invitation is what sparks this whole change. So this whole chiasm um, is about the law of assignments, yet the entire thing crescendos in an invitation and Brother Cox accepting the invitation. That's where everything turns around and where all of the blessings start flowing, where the covenant curses were, were taking him down the wrong path. So I think that there's... Sharon and Bite, does that come out? Are you guys hearing uh -huh, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then the, the blessings uh, are a chiasm there. Anyway, it, there, it was so exciting to, uh, to look through and find the literary patterns throughout President Nelson's talk and compare those. Um, I can send those out to you if you'd like. I, I'll put them on Learning Zion for sure um, uh, as we're... Uh, talking about this and studying because the the chiastic structure of it just takes a lot of uh of time digging into it and and analyzing what those those structures mean for you personally but um for me it was very helpful to see some of the divine laws that president nelson is alluding to but not coming out specifically and um you know because it's just one small talk uh, there's so many different uh, topics and themes that, that can be had throughout, but, but a deep dive, um, this is, seemed to me to be a talk about the divine laws of God um, and yeah. how we follow those in the priesthood pattern, whether male or female. I mean, he's talking to a, a male audience, but um, that it applies to both very equally as we see throughout the footnotes. So, your opinion anybody's opinion there does president nelson actually structure his talks so they end up with all these chiasms in them or is it because he is in tune with the spirit because we know the spirit speaks in chiasms as he's like his language but do you think that President Nelson is really aware of how he's structuring this talk so it ends up like that? Or is he just preparing his talk through the spirit? 
That's a great question. When we get our author chat with President Nelson, I want that asked. <laughs> I go with the second though. I don't think that he knows about it. It's just the way the Lord speaks. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I don't think that he's thinking about that. He's got a lot to think about. Yeah. And that wouldn't be one of them. That would be something that the Lord is putting in there so that we can, and for, you know, for however long, be able to recognize that those are the Lord's words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Darlene Henry. Uh, my daughter said that they had a general uh, conference, a state conference today. And Brother Yagi was the visiting authority. And he said that our prophet received so many uh, like hate emails and things. And it made me think, you know, he's um, a prominent person and just like the savior there were, he had so much, uh, so many people that were against him. And of course, you know, that that is Satan trying to combat the good that we have uh, for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how much uh, persecution and, and stupid stuff that there, there is in the world, right? Uh, Satan's always, that's how you know when you're on the right path, because Satan's always fighting against it, right? That's one of the good telltale signs. Yeah. Um, so one of my things on the worksheet, let me see if I have a thing to bring up but um this part is principle oh there it is uh, sorry i should have had this before a class okay so um the part is principle is is a hebrew uh way of thinking so as we like taking nephi for example the the learning of the jews um if you've watched Robert Kay's videos, he talks about this. Uh, many of them do, but um, so there's different layers to everything of importance from the from the spirit. So there's like the surface level, the pashat, and it's the the simple literal meaning of the talk. And um, then we go into remiz, which is like the hints and suggestions. This is where like symbolism is found. Anytime that there's additional meaning in numbers and colors and uh, patterns and, and things. Then darash is the insight where uh, they're alluding to other scriptures or other prophets. So darash would, I mean, it's pretty much our, our footnote system today is, is the darash uh, level of, of meaning. And then there's the sod level, which is the mysteries of the kingdom. And so those are only had through revelation. They're not talked over the pulpit, but as you're reading, whenever the spirit is speaking and, and testifying of mysteries or the council in heaven, those are on that sod level. And so it was interesting that, uh, anyway, this one took uh, my mom and I a, a good long time going through the different the four, those four different layers throughout this talk, uh, just kind of posing the, the question out, uh, just to kind of think about um, what is the literal message of this, uh, this talk, just kind of like the, the basic surface level thing that, I mean, he's blatantly saying and uh, is the, the context of it. it, about rising up and starting to minister with power. This is what's necessary. This is what's needed. 
And then on the, the next level, which is like symbolism and uh, hints and, and meaning and stuff, there's a lot of different symbolism with the ham radios, women's role in the priesthood with Leonora there, uh, the cigar, the door, and uh, limited time and excuses. We've, we found symbolism in, in all of those things. And there's lots of different <laughs> rabbit holes you could go down with, with all of those. But we found those very significant in this talk. As you study out the symbolism of each of those, um, it, it greatly enriches the, the understanding of, of the talk. And then looking at the footnotes, like we, we talk about a lot, that Durash level of, uh, of understanding. Um, uh, yield a lot of great stuff but what I, this one i i want your guys's input what would you guys say is the sowed level of this talk what are the mysteries that the spirit is speaking to you like what is what are we to understand about this as we are more in the gospel uh, gospel scholarly aspect of, of looking at this what what mysteries are in this talk that we can have and glean uh, that's a tall order. <laughs> mm, I think for me, what stuck out was the Holy Ghost in this one. That was the big one for me. We need to have the Holy Ghost with us. That's where we need to start. Like once you're keeping your covenants, fasting and praying, studying the scriptures, worshiping in the temple. And um, what was the other one? Uh, and serve with faith and that's going to help us go up that ladder to the next step that's what i got, took out of it mm -hmm. we need to serve like the savior did we need to get to know those that we minister to and love them as he did see them as he he would mm -hmm. yeah sure well, I think it's pretty basic, actually, because there's a quote that I think I've shared before, and I can't remember it, but it's by Chancy. I can't think of his last name, but he says, basically, ministering is the essence of what heaven is. I mean, if we don't get it here, we won't, we won't know how to do it in heaven, because that's what heaven's all about. So, so that's what we have to to learn and i agree with tracy about the holy ghost because i had marked obedience and righteousness and a friend just shared a thing with lots of scriptures um on righteousness but what i distilled basically out of what she wrote was well obedience i because i have in my notes is learning to listen and obey so it's learning to listen to the whisperings of the spirit and obey it and righteousness from what I gleaned from her thing was to rely on the Lord and his power to give us the right <laughs> attitudes, motives, and to purify our hearts as we serve. Mm -hmm. So it said we needed to serve with obedience and righteousness or help other people. I can't remember exactly what the, where, where it was. It says, it says we can help all to see the eye of faith that obedience and righteousness will draw us closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I love that. I, I just think it's it's pretty simple. I mean, you can go deep dive into it, but it's just we got to rely on the Lord's power to help us do it. Otherwise, we're doing it all on our own. 
under our own power and not using God's power. And that comes from the Holy Ghost and listening to the Spirit and helping us to have, you know, to purify our hearts, to learn to love each other, to do it because we love each other, not because it's a check checklist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in uh, verse 22, it talks about uh, that we've been called and prepared from the foundation of the world. And uh, if you look at the footnotes there, L, it, it's all about foreordination. Yeah, footnote number L, not L the person. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, and so we've been called and foreordained for this. And then you go to the 24 and rise up and accept the call and go with it. So I, I, I can't help but think of the, the temple where we're rise up you know and uh awake I, I think we're being woken up to this call that we have i didn't wake up till 2020 <laughs> <laughs> i missed a little bit of the call. that was a slow turtle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's kind of where i mean you know me and my mom studied together so we have a lot of the same same insights I'm jealous. i want to study with you guys <laughs> but come to the retreats and then we can i um, will and i will <laughs> but as i was studying the whole chiasm that overarching chiasm that i was showing you at the beginning there as i was looking at that and pondering verse 22 there i was like holy cow this is the story like this talk and and that's the the, the beauty of the sword level of of understanding right that the spirit can can whisper different things to each of us, and um, in no way am I saying that my soul level is the the same as as everyone else's kind of thing. But this is what the spirit was like teaching me so powerfully in that moment was, look at that chiasm and this talk. This is the story of Cameron Briggs and his foreordination, and 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 it was just like, whoa, this is amazing as. I, I work my way and liken the scriptures unto myself kind of a thing, right? And so, I don't know. I don't know if I would have had that, that realization and that, that power that came with it had I not been looking for the four different layers of, of meaning here and stuff. And so, um, I very much like what uh, all of you have said there, uh, especially with like the spirit and uh, keeping that and how it is so basic I, I mean, it's, it's complex and yet it's basic, right? Like we have to do this. We have to just rise up, follow the spirit and all of these blessings. I, Cause I have so many blessings enumerated in this talk, right? I mean, he just like lays them out there, but as we follow these invitations and, and keep it simple there, that we'll be able to do so much good as we are preparing the world for the second coming. I mean, oh man, if I would have had this kind of insight <laughs> at the time of the talk, I would have taken it in such a different direction than, than I did um, during, uh, during that April and October 2018 general conference there. Emma, can you read your blessings that you pulled out? Um, yes, just a second. So some of them are, are 
implicit and some of them are stated. So um, that there's increased unity and power, there's love and joy, there's the greatest spiritual blessings, um, the, I summarized this one weird, but finding versus losing. So we find, uh, we find instead of lose um, things, um, there is uh, a potential, there are talents to be gained, there are open windows and answered prayers. There is guidance, the blessing of humility, knowledge and wisdom, power and protection, love and respect, trust, and bonds, bonds between individuals that, that can lift us up at the last day. Those were all of the, or, and then also ascending the ladder. Um, some of those are stated and some of them are uh, hinted or implicit um, throughout all of the different laws. And, and those come from my study of the laws. So anytime that there's a law, there is a blessing and a curse. And so all of those blessings flow. Um, sometimes prophets uh, enumerate the blessings and the cursings when they mention a law, and sometimes they just leave the law as is. But a, a way to find laws, I found, uh, <laughs> I, it took me a long time because my mom was like, how do, how do you pick those out? How do you find those? And I finally was able to distill it down into to words. Just let me find it really quick. Um, la, la, la. Okay, so anytime agency is to be employed, a divine law is present. That's how I would state finding divine laws. So anytime that a choice can be made, whether to, to obey or to go against it, you can be certain that there is a divine law there. And, and I think we know deep down most of the divine laws. We know the blessings and the cursings of, of those. Uh, sometimes we might need to compare them throughout different scriptures and uh, through the topical guide and everything. But anytime agency is to be employed or acted upon, there is a divine law present. And that's how we find all of the blessings that uh, are stated by, by President Nelson throughout these talks. It's very empowering to, to study those. Like I said, the law of assignments, I <laughs> when it first uh, kind of spoke to me, I was like, well, that's kind of dumb. I'm not even going to write it down. And then the spirit was like, no, look at it. Anytime that there's an assignment, there's a blessing and a cursing that will follow. I was like, oh, interesting. And uh, it was a very fruitful study as I'm going throughout all of those conference talks now. Anytime that there's the, the law of assignment, there is a blessing or a curse that's, that's associated with it. Um, anything else that, that you got out of the talk? I mean, there's so many different avenues and ways to, to study this talk, but I, I just fell in love with it all over again, uh, way more than, than I did the first time around. It, it was so fun to, uh, 
to relive this with President Nelson and um, get amped up uh, about it again. <laughs> our, our time is just flying by, but um, I, I hope that as each group focuses on, on another one, um, that will kind of build this repertoire. And anytime that you want to go to a talk, you can go to whichever group was discussing that at length and um, see those things. Because I'm opening it up now. If anybody wants to talk about any of the other talks uh, at all, uh, you can uh, definitely do that. But I think that this one was, was just so fun to, to be there with y'all. Are you going to label, label the video Ministering with Power and Authority so that we can find it again? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and then I just draw attention to um, number four. <laughs> right. Number four is... There's a lot of women here, so let's not forget this. We see faithful, faithful women who understand the power inherent in their callings and in their endowment in the temple ordinances. These women know how to call upon the powers of heaven to protect and strengthen their husbands, their children, and others they love. These are spiritually strong women who lead, teach, and minister fearlessly in their callings with the power and authority of God. How thankful I am for them, fearlessly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting that he first goes into President Monson and then straight into that, right? I mean, we see faithful women. And now men, let me voice a concern. <laughs> it's like, all right, got this. So um, let me get this straight. Was This talk was the priesthood meeting one, right? Mm-hmm. Had they changed home teaching and visiting teaching yet? That was that next day, right? Yes. And so this is prior to that. So he gives the introductory remarks in priesthood session. That's, you know, just what, 10 verses, 10 paragraphs. And then this is his first full length talk. Um, wait, so no, I take it back. Yes, he did restructure didn't he? Yeah. And so in the previous chapter, so chapter three, the introductory remarks, verse five, tonight we announce the significant restructuring of our priesthood, uh, Melchizedek priesthood quorums to accomplish the Lord, work of the Lord more effectively. So he restructures it, but he doesn't talk about ministering yet. Okay. That's Can, the you, can you tell the order? So I have, um, let us all press on. That's one of the talks. And then, um, yeah, let us all press on. I think it's the last one. Um, revelation for the church, revelation for our lives. Yeah, that's number two. So, what, which one is first? Well, okay, sorry. I take so, there's introductory remarks, is number one. That's the first it's, talk that he gave for a conference. Yeah, that's the very first thing. And it's just like this brief introduction hey, we're going to change the quorums around. And then he gives the one that we talked about tonight, revelation for the church, no, I mean, uh, ministering with the power and authority of God, right? <laughs> All my stuff gets mixed up. Yeah, ministering well, with the power and authority of God. That's number two. And then what would be the third one that he would give that night? Or that? It is revelation for the church, revelation for our lives. Number three, okay. 
And then number four is ministering. And it's just short little seven verses saying that we're going to change up ministering. And then he concludes with let us all press on. So did he change the structure like to the elders quorum? That's his very first thing he did. In the introduction? Yeah. Or was the structuring of the quorums. I just the remember that, that whole conference was like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I know, it's kind of hard to keep up with. <laughs> I'm shaking things up, folks. No. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Like, bring it on. Yeah. And you know, like kind of looking back at it, how many people at the time were like, well, there's, there's too many changes here. I mean, we're going to get inundated. What were we in for? I mean, well, I, how was many more? Thinking, I was thinking, okay, because here I am coming back in new. Mm-hmm. Like, the last 40 years didn't happen to me. Anyway, um, like, ah, this guy is so old. <laughs> What's he going to be able to do? And oh my goodness, <laughs> eat my words. <laughs> I'm embarrassed I even said that now. <laughs> I mostly just was thinking it. <laughs> oh, my bad. And then when I read his book, The Insights, I was like, holy cow, what a, what a prophet we have. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. His preparation to become a prophet started long ago, and and it was intense. And we can see Abraham's pattern. We can see Isaiah's pattern. Everything comes out through through President Nelson. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind that he yeah. Even in in his work, he was doing inroads to China to do. the gospel later he was inroading into heart surgery and then he made all those friends have you guys all read his book well sherry do's book yeah Yeah, i listened to it i want to like go through and study it so as i was putting together this whole compilation of his talks um i was listening to that book kind of in tandem with it so i would listen to all of the background when i was kind of uh doing the page layout for those specific talks during that time it that was like such a fun thing to do i highly recommend it it takes a long time it takes about a year (laughs) (laughs) but it is so fun to like see what what's the background behind each talk what personal experiences he was having um in his ministry as an apostle like when he's getting called in in the european nations and stuff like i mean (laughs) there's a lot of key players in in opening europe but president nelson is like the one (laughs) and they would send him all over yeah do it and who has given like we talk about dedicating temples a lot right but like who has dedicated the most lands for missionary work in europe i mean president nelson's almost dedicated all of them i mean that man (laughs) <laughs> when we get to the other side of the veil and can see his full story the stuff that he doesn't share or anything oh man because uh, that's where one of the the footnotes somewhere in in these talks uh it might even be the arizona devotional but he gives an actual statistic of how many talks he's given and he says of all those talks this many have been about the uh, the gathering of israel 
And I was like, what? I compared his number of talks with how many talks I've actually got. We only have like a quarter of them that, that I can find. Like he has given so many talks in his lifetime. It's amazing. I'll have to find like that actual statistic. When we get there, I'll, I'll let you know, but okay. man, he is, is a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, he is. But yeah, and you know, one of my bullet points on that, that worksheet there is the rear view mirror. Like looking back, all that we know now and looking back at how young and fledgling I was at this time, I was like, <laughs> if I could have known like how fast we would be moving and turning and changing and everything uh it's just amazing yeah, yeah. But anyway any other thoughts or or anything for to kind of end up on I'm just going to kind of have a question because a lot of people when it first came out just thought it was a name change uh -huh. So what makes it different? I mean, how is it different for you guys than visiting teaching? And what's different about ministering as opposed to visiting teaching and home teaching? For me, it's I'm always getting prompted to go do things for people. And you uh, didn't before? I'm well, not, you well, I'm you not just active before. So <laughs> right. But I had people that would, you know, they'd come every month or however often it was. They just check off the box yep did it you know gave but them they came <laughs> now it's just like you get a prompting to go call someone or check in or whatever uh -huh. for me that's the difference yeah it's an interesting dynamic for sure because it it really seems on paper anyway that more ministering got done under the home teaching program versus our, our new ministering program a oh, lot of I, I had faithful home teachers and faithful visiting teachers ministering came along no. nada nada it's so sad oh ministering that matters she didn't have her she yeah, didn't have her talk. i did needed. this my scriptures in 2000 when did we move here 2013 so I think before that, this is a talk, and I don't know who did it. I keep meaning to look it up, but um, this was in the Enzyme then, Ministering That Matters. And I just put it on the cereal box and I put my scriptures in there. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Cool. Well, when, I, when I think of ministering, I, I more think of um, the Savior and being the Savior's hands and not a teacher, but just like just loving and caring and reaching out and connecting building a relationship like we're building with the savior i noticed one of the the big differences for me when like home teaching it was like all about giving a lesson and getting out of there kind of a thing versus the ministering like the the big question of what what do you want us to do you know like how can we help you and and what what needs do you have and uh things yeah Bernie. So my dad just got released as elders corn president. So he knows all about <laughs> ins and outs of ministry. To me, ministering, uh, I mean, I was called as the elders corn president when this change happened. And so it's been almost four years as elders corn president, which is 
like you said, every conference, there was a whole bunch of new stuff. But on ministering, the biggest change that I could see that directions that we got as the Elder Scorn presidency was we do not ask if they did it. We ask how they did it and how the families are. We don't care how many they visited. We don't, we didn't, I mean, the instructions we got in a couple of our different sessions was you don't care how many times they go out. You don't care how many times they, you know, visited with them. We want to know how the people are doing. And that is probably the biggest change rather than, you know, somebody mentioned home teaching. Yeah, I went, check it off the box. You know, we're done. Done for this month. But ministering is 365 days a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting for, for sure. And and seeing the, the dynamics and how it plays out and how everyone interprets it differently. I mean, uh, like you said, some were just like, it's just a name change. It's the same thing, same program, just new label versus some that really took it to heart. Yeah, Sarah. So this is actually uh, Sarah's husband. I, uh, yeah. I converted <laughs> me into your group. There. <laughs> <laughs> Ministering, I, I've, I've actually kind of thought ministering as this, this new higher law, right? This is a higher law from home teaching. It was really interesting. Um, I was talking to, we have a ministering brother who's just fantastic. He, uh, he actually just got released from our family, but um, he told me a couple weeks ago that he, several times he had received specific revelation for our family. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? that is ministering. They received specific revelation for our family. And it's not just a visit, just not a lesson, but he did come and visit and he did give a lesson, but he told us, you know, this is, this is that higher thing for, to receive revelation that your family needs specifically. So I thought that was pretty great about what the difference is between ministering and just home teaching. Yeah. I kind of thought it was the separation of the wheat and the tares. I don't remember what book we read previously, we were talking about how eventually we're all going to be ministering angels. Essentially, is this like a separation of the wheat and the tares? Because yeah. mm-hmm. those that chose to just kind of fall off the, the wagon, like in Nils' case or whatever, faithful, <laughs> faithful home teachers and visiting teachers, but then, all right, we don't have to go anymore kind of thing, at wheat and tare scenario. Yeah, yeah, I like what Laura yeah. put in the the article that she put in there, the very beginning of the article here, if I pull it up, it said, ministering that matters includes love, compassion, a listening ear, prayers and priesthood blessings, temporal and spiritual support and teaching by the spirit, which if you go to the church's thing on ministering, it, said, it has Mosiah twenty three eighteen. Therefore they did watch over their people and did nourish them with things pertaining to righteousness. So um, I think, you know, it doesn't, exclude teaching people it's helping people to learn to um, govern themselves a friend just sent me a book that I'd forgotten about and I thought it was really interesting because I'd forgotten all about it it's called because sometimes we feel like we have to fix problems for people and um, she'd read this a long time ago and I have never read it it's called I don't have to make everything all better six practical principles to empower others to solve their own problems while enriching your relationship 
Um, and it says we're supposed to heal hearts, burdens we can lift, testimonies we can strengthen, lives we can save, and joy we can bring into homes. So I think it's helping bring people closer to Christ and the power and love of Christ by helping them to learn to be self-reliant and reliant on the Lord. Um, I think that's what it means to nourish them in things pertaining to righteousness. I mean, it's great that we help them mow their lawn or babysit their kids. But I think it's empowering them, listening to the spirit, obviously, but empowering them to rely on the Lord and learn to hear the spirit by living righteously. Um, you know, and it's kind of a full circle. We do it for them and they do it for other people. You know, it said he blesses those who bless others. So the Lord blesses us when we bless others. So when it's just kind of a full circle thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, let's see. So, yeah, uh, I, I love all of that. Uh, that was a great question to, to bring up and um, how we, we each define that and, and see it in, in practice in our, our wards and everything. I think when we really get it, learn. It, we won't have to be assigned anymore. We'll just see a need and take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when we know we've arrived. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> but I think I think these are stepping stones to get us to that point. I agree. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Right. Anything else from this or any of the other talks we, as we kind of wrap up for tonight? It's been such a fun discussion. I, I'm, I'm loving going through. It's just such a change of pace from going from a book to uh, these short, really deep, powerful uh, conference talks. But uh, it's going to be a, a fun journey uh, going through these, binging these before uh, this next April conference. It's going to be fun. I love that they're having the, the women's conference, even though it's kind of like I can never remember what we're not doing and what we are doing anymore but um uh, the women's conference this uh, go around and stuff i think will be very uh, fun and enlightening it's a celebration 100 year, 180 years i think right um cameron when you when you made up your and i can't find it i'll have to dig for it but when you made up your schedule did you say which talk that we were going to focus on uh-huh yeah so it has in parentheses there let me pop it up on the screen. So next week we are studying all of the talks from October 2018. And so for group A, we are going to be primarily focusing on the correct name of the church talk. And then if we get time, we'll we'll dive into the other ones and everything. But uh, if you don't have time, at least make sure to, to read that talk. Did you have anything on the other ones that you would like to share that um, that's a good question. Let me. <laughs> it's like throwing the car into reverse all of a sudden. Like my brain, like kind of bucks. Like, oh crap! What was the the other one even about? You could go back and watch the videos too. Okay. That will happen, Laura. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was so neat because in all of the ones that Cameron and I studied we went through and pulled out the divine law and then we 
wrote down the blessing that comes from obeying that and then the the cursing well here's a question do you want to share your notes pardon that was oh, one of my other notes? questions like because that's what we're all kind of like studying and everybody has lots of different things if anybody wants to either post them on learning zion or on the facebook group like i encourage you to um post any insights that you're having throughout the week and, and everything um I, i'm gonna try to get <laughs> better in the habit of, of doing that and stuff so that we can kind of build like this repertoire of like um lots of different uh, styles of studying and note taking and um insights that that we're having with it but yeah, like uh, me and my mom's list of, of divine laws with their blessings and cursings. Uh, yeah, and your passwords, if you can send that out in an email, I will print that and put that with those talks so that when I go over these again, I have more depth. Mm -hmm. and, and like the chiastic study and stuff, because chiasms aren't everybody's thing. But like if you want to study those, they're very fruitful and, and awesome to, to yeah. look at. Well, no way am I saying that. I just but, screenshot them and wrote them in the margin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. that's a good idea. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, you did that, all a, that would have taken me like a half an hour. <laughs> your writing is so neat, too. Wow. Yeah. And then some of them you can see it went too fast. So I'm going to go back and watch the video to write it down. <laughs> I, I think you could go over it many times and have more. Yeah. I, it's so amazing good. how much it is in there. But anyway, the one I wanted to bring out is about it's in the next talk that we haven't discussed that the next group will be discussing it, but the divine law of testifying. Mm -hmm. And goodness. Anyway, the, the blessing of that is that our sins are forgiven. I remember reading that. In I didn't, uh, that didn't sink in to me until this time and I oh my goodness and I think then it must have been in the doctrine and covenants because everybody's like why do you bear your testimony every single month and I'm like uh -huh. <laughs> we had a really interesting experience when we were living in Utah in Lehigh um a, a child got up and bore his testimony and then a man and then it was silent for like 10 minutes oh and the bishop got up and closed the meeting and then the, the next, uh, he closed the meeting telling us that, that part that if you testify, your sins are forgiven. Um, and he took away, and I don't, I don't know if this is like a church-wide thing that happened at the time. I don't know, because I, it doesn't happen anymore. But he took away Relief Society testimony meetings right then. I mean, it was over in our ward. That was it. We never had another Relief Society testimony meeting. We, we don't have those anymore. Yeah, and I don't remember seeing any direction on that, but this was in, um, this would have been in 2006 or seven, probably five, six, seven, is when we were living in Lehigh. And that was really interesting that that, it was silent. And then he stood up and he said, you, you can all just go home. The meeting is over, we're done. No, sadly that happens in my ward a lot. Um, there'll be huge gaps and there's, it's about five of us that will get up and do it every single time. Thank goodness, or mm -hmm. I'm scared to know what would happen. That had a huge impression on me, though. 
especially a t um, temple attendance. I just like, I need to go to the temple because I do not want the temple taken away because I'm not going. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was huge. That was the impression then. And I had gone to um, living in Lehigh, American Fork was our temple. And it was, you know, it was 15 minutes away. And we, I would drive to the temple and I would go some mornings. It was just me and one other person in there. And they would have, and they'd still have a session. And then they'd bring in all the temple workers to do everything else. Just so interesting. It's just so interesting. Um, and even now, I mean, it's so difficult to get a, a temple um, appointment. But I went on Friday. I went at the 8.30 session on Friday. And we can hold in our, our um, room 40 people. And there were 16 in there. But when you look at the thing, it's full. People aren't coming or... Well, they had to lower it because of COVID for a bit. But um, if you it's look at it's still full, it's been full before. Yeah, we were at like high numbers and then a lot of people were getting sick. So they lowered it way back down. <laughs> like we were at 45 and now we can only have 18. Oh, wow. So it's just a temporary thing till flu season gets over. But if you look at um, ceilings, they're always wide, wide open. Nobody will go and do them. And so like I go in, I go in, I do everything. Like I, that's why nobody will go with me because I go for five hours. <laughs> At first, you know, they would say, oh, sorry, you couldn't get them done. But they, every single time they make sure that all of mine get done. And if they don't get done, I just stay to the next session. They'll just let me go to the next session. But there's tons of openings in ceilings, you know? So I guess what I kind of see just from my experiences is people just want to go do the endowment and that's it, you know? I don't know, that's just what I see in Portland, Oregon. So I have, um, I have something for you to do when you go to the temple all year next time. In the endowment session, look and see what Satan is wearing on his hands. There's, there's two different ones, but there's one that has three three things on it. Look and see if that means anything to you. I, I guess I could say, right? I can say three circles. Like there's three circles, and one of them, one of them kind of looks like the world. Oh, so check that out. When I went the next time, it was a different ring, so and a different, a different um, presentation, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm kind of like that temple nerd or whatever, and like I have it all charted out. Like in film A, it's this, and film B, it's this. Like this is what he's wearing, and these are yep. all the things, whatever. So, have you seen that uh, ring, though? Uh -huh. Have you seen? That? I have. And so, what did you what did you make of that? Uh huh. Yeah, just kind of like the usurping serpent beguiling thing of that that he's the god of this world, kind of a thing. Like he has charge over um, all three aspects of of the world and like above the world in the world under the world kind of a thing that's what i interpreted at the time of it anyway so did the okay. metal one like the world to you now that we're getting on this i have a question mm -hmm. too yeah that's what it kind of seemed like to me but you know like that's what's great about symbolism it's just like it's just kind of open to interpretation you know so like, what about the um the polar configuration did you think that one too i that it could very well be in, in that kind of same realm. I hadn't, back when I was like thinking about that, I had never even heard of polar configuration before. 
What about the different fruits that are used in the different interpretations? <laughs> Isn't like, that hey, funny? That's not the that. right one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the different, I, I think that there's a lot to be learned just from the different depictions of, of fruit. Uh, they're very, uh, very different, very symbolic, I think. <laughs> My favorite one's the white one with the little crust on the outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, the, the the old um, it's a tidbit from like William W. Phelps because uh, Phelps was uh, Satan in the endowment house in Salt Lake, and um, he would go on these like excursions to go uh, buy raisins uh, because in the, the winter season when they can't grow grapes or anything or whatever. Anyway, he would get a bundle of raisins and sew them all together and have this very enticing little fruit for their live sessions. I think that was so funny to me. <laughs> my grandma and grandpa were always in the live sessions in Manti. And then my aunt and uncle now are, well, they were until they closed it, but they're very sad that that era is over. Yeah. It's done. Me too. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to go. My very first endowment, I went to the Manti temple and I had a hard time because I couldn't, they weren't talking loud enough for me. So I, I missed a whole bunch of it. So I had to go back. Yeah. The, the two times that we went to the Manti temple, the saint in there was so dramatic. <laughs> I. I couldn't concentrate on the other stuff. I was just waiting for him. <laughs> cool, probably. That's what I loved about live sessions. They're just Drama. so fun. I had one where Eve was just in it. I mean, she was like acting her roles. <laughs> and then those two Manti ones or whatever. I mean, and, and the thing is, I mean, these guys are old. I mean, they weren't like spring chickens. They couldn't even move, but right. they, they were acting their parts so well. <laughs> It was so funny. I can remember the last session my auntie did back just before October. She's like, oh, Max doesn't get to be Satan anymore. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when they pair like just random people because, you know, they try to by preference do spouses for Adam and Eve. But when they just pair like random people and it's like Wait, <laughs> this really old guy and like there's really young woman or whatever and you're just like i don't know this, this is too weird <laughs> yeah. i really, really I love the films a young man <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep anyway <laughs> the good and... old days we could talk about that <laughs> it was like that we got married in the logan temple and oh it nice was, it was still live at that time i loved it mm -hmm. i'm glad i was able to have that <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> all right well it's been a fun <laughs> discussion i love like i try to somewhat keep things on topic for the first hour and then after that we uh, go different ways i had no idea we'd be talking about <laughs> <laughs> temple satan and stuff it's, that's awesome i love the little <laughs> areas we go yeah hey cameron yeah before we go Give us a two-minute summary of where we're at with this Ukrainian war <laughs> on the timeline. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know. Um, I think it's very, 
uh, very key into what we're experiencing with China and Russia, like as far as Ezra Ziegel, Daniel timelines, I think that those are definitely ramping up to, to lay the foundations for the three eagle heads. Um, that's where I see that happening. Like, I, I don't think it's much longer before those three eagle heads really come into play because of what we're seeing with Russia and China. But, you know, I, I haven't dove into to all of that for a while, but <laughs> that's just kind of my take on it anyway. Who knows? I Ooh, saw world, on the, World on Affair the Bruce with Joel Skousen, um, and that'll tell you a lot. I'm sorry. Say that world, again. world Affair Briefs by Joel Skousen. He seems to be on top of a lot of that. What's happening? Mm -hmm. Okay. I haven't looked for a long time because some of it you have to subscribe to, but he has general thoughts on that kind of stuff. Um, Do you have a link handy for that? I can see if I can find one. Yeah. Yeah. And then what were you saying, Janet? I just saw on the internet um, a picture of the Ukrainian saints, the Latter-day Saints, and they were kneeling in the snow praying. Very, very touching. And we need to pray. We need to fast and pray for them. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. I, so I kind of distance myself from politics and stuff. And so I haven't really put that much thought into the Ukrainian stuff, but that that really hones it in. Thank you. I, I, it's definitely something I need to do. Is the temple built in Ukraine? Is this supposed to be in Kiev? Uh -huh, yeah, it, it's been since like 2006, I think. It was dedicated? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my one of Is my it... classmates went there and he was one of the first missionaries that did tours of it. I assumed it was closed, but is it open, the Ukraine temple? I, that I don't know of. I, I know that it was dedicated back then, but I don't know about like its current status. I watched a special on that uh, once and how excited they were to have that temple and they were just flocking to the temple. But this has been several years ago. Yeah. I can't remember where I saw or watched or heard or whatever, but when it was, after it was dedicated, that the people of Ukraine, there was so many people that had also traveled there from Russia to see it. And they went ahead and let the Russian people go ahead and go through and have their um, ordinances done because they knew they had traveled so far, even though they, you know, Ukraine had been waiting for so long, they let the others yeah. go first. Yeah, I heard awesome. that too. Well, in one of the talks, that we read, um, President Nelson announced a Russian temple, but they didn't say where it would be. And so have they announced that? Well, if, if Putin invades, will they be able to build a temple in Russia? I doubt it. I don't know. Let's see, I'm just looking up on that church status thing. The one in China too. Yeah, that one I heard got shut down. Like they don't know if they'll even be able to do their plan on it anymore. I'm just looking up the temple statuses real quick, just a second. There are many 
in China. There are many in China, though, that um, are practicing the church. That mm-hmm. I had a, a foreign exchange student with me for a year, mm-hmm. and I know he was introduced to the Book of Mormon and everything else in it. And but he he was actually a Catholic. He said so. There, but he took back with him a lot of. He couldn't take the Book of Mormon with him, but he took sure did take a lot of notes with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't they have their own church um, website or tools or something? I don't know. They, they released something several years back. <coughs> yeah, so it looks like the original one is not, it's still in the planning phase. <coughs> Where is the China one? Wasn't that up above? Right there, Singapore. Down 251, 251, that one. Is that where the China is? No, it was the Beijing, isn't it? No, it's somewhere on the coast, I think. Is it? I remember looking it up. Being high. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, yeah. I get it up next up. Do we need to do our country quizzes again, Mother? Yes, we do. We do. That's something that some nerdy thing that me and my mom do. We take a country <laughs> quiz and, and name all 196 countries in under 16 minutes. <laughs> you guys have so much fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it, except I can't spell it right. A lot of them got some really wingding spellings and let me show you the thing that we take. <laughs> that trips me up. Yeah. Okay, so there's this quiz. I love that we're going on this, such a weird tangent. Sorry. But anyway, so you can uh, go to this, this website and I can share it. But anyway, you start the quiz and you just start typing. So United States, Mexico, uh, whoops, Mexico, Russia. And it highlights them as you're getting them done, you know. And so um, it gives you 16 minutes to type all 196 countries mm-hmm. and, and memorizing those and all of the African ones and stuff. It's really fun. We try to do it every once in a while. You know, just as we're preparing for translation and all of the missions we're going to go on. Then <laughs> <laughs> you know where you yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether we're in Tajikistan or Armenia, you know, just whatever. <laughs> why you're collecting all those book of mormons oh exactly we better learn chinese and russian for sure yep <laughs> that, those might be at the top of the list there yeah <laughs> well tracy i'd like to thank you for your comment on the word of wisdom i'm never eating fast food again <laughs> Oh, I she's about me. I have not eaten it since I figured that out. I I tell everybody I know, stop eating it. And they're like, why? And I'm like, just trust me. Because I said McDonald's chicken nuggets, that was the end. When they did that pink stuff, whatever, I'm like, this is it. But I think even before that, though, I don't think I've been to McDonald's since my daughter was born. So at least 15 years. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. 
yeah, we just got to get together and learn how to be self-sufficient because holy cow, uh, all the conspiring, men, you know, like the word of wisdom, um, where kind of the reason behind not having the the alcohol for the sacrament wasn't necessarily because of alcohol content, but it was because conspiring men were trying to poison the saints, right? And so like, I think it's kind of the same thing that conspiring men are trying to poison us through our food supply and trying to monopolize it and stuff. And anyway, this is very interesting. As we get into School of the Prophets and learning on the word of wisdom, there's a whole whole section just on on that and and stuff anyway it's gonna be fun (laughs) well i think most important without panicking is to trust in the lord and to remember elijah and and the widow and the crust of whatever you know how that story goes yeah Um, i just kind of got overwhelmed thinking there's no way i can grow enough for my family unless i trust in the lord and know that he's going to help me make those seeds grow it's just not going to happen Brother President Nelson say there would be mighty miracles, you know, in the last days. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to need them because most of us don't know how to do a lot of this stuff. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. we're hit and miss and success and growing things and, and preserving things. And (laughs) make sure you have your, your seeds bought now. And fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Yep. we gotta yeah, be careful with the fertilizers i have yeah, access well, to a dairy farm for the fertilizer there you go. well that's good <laughs> well i'll go down to kathy's house <laughs> hey you don't even have to come that far they live in hiram so they're closer oh, than even sweet. i am so. <laughs> where do you live kathy i'm in just uh west of ogden i'm it's a city called ogden. west haven utah yeah i know where that is outside of it and the sticks i'm in the boonies I'm in the sticks too. <laughs> I like it. We do. Yeah, it's a good thing. You're like, okay. I go on field trips for, through my uh, pasture and through my friends that have land and everywhere to find all the different herbs and all that stuff because that's kind of the path I went down. I'm taking a course right now also on herbal. I've t- this is the second one I've taken. So you guys heard about the four herbs that the prophet Brigham Young said everybody's going to need. In the I've lab. heard of those, but I cannot find some of them or like a good supply. They're hard, but they're, um, I've actually been on a search for them, so I've been finding them all, but, and I have a lot of them growing right in my yard, but. That's what we should do on our retreat. We should have a seed. <laughs> I've actually what ones are we found a yarrow patch. <laughs> yarrow is the big big number one and then brigham's tea is probably the number two so yarrow is i had a hard time finding it but yarrow is excellent it's all over once you figure out exactly what it looks like and where it is you're like oh that's everywhere yeah, so is brigham's tea also. so therefore fevers yarrow will also stop blood blood loss like big Yep. And so I actually gathered a whole bunch of it and made this salve and I have some for a tea because it'll stop fevers and cayenne pepper will also do that. If you have cayenne pepper and you're bleeding and you just pour cayenne, put the cayenne pepper on top of the 
whatever's cut or anything or even bloody nose, it will stop it immediately. Oh my gosh, that makes my nose hurt right now. No, that <laughs> it doesn't hurt, person. it doesn't burn or anything. Oh, it doesn't? You, you, no. Uh-uh. Oh, so no, if you have a get, gaping, keep that in your arsenal. Yes, cayenne pepper. It's all you gotta do is sprinkle it on it. I found Brigham's tea in the desert. They're all you desert dwellers. Yep, it's all over there. It's what everywhere. Is, is it a it's a one thing or is it a mixture of things? It's it, it's, it's off of one plant. It's like an ephedra, actually. It because it, it's it totally can, an ephedra. It it is. So you don't want to use it a lot. It's not you want to use it sparingly. So the 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 plant is called Brigham tea. It is, but it's an ephedra plant that will, it will, it can turn your heart rate up way high. There's a lot of things it can do. When you steep it, make sure your water isn't boiling. Otherwise it turns it super bitter and nasty. My grandma and grandpa used to drink it a bit. You should all get a dis distiller to distill your water because we have so many chemicals in our water. Mm -hmm. Then the others are like mullein. Mullen's excellent. Mullen is that big, tall, funky plant that grows flowers all down it. They're all over up here. You can find those all over here. And there's it's what everybody's been using for the cleansing. It, it will detoxify your lungs and get all the mucus and all that crap out of your lungs. And then the next one is comfrey. Yep. Comfrey is a great one. That's good for pain. It's it's sorry. I know. I'm, I guess I meant okay. not too much no. about them. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then there was one more. And this one's from California deserts. And it's like, oh, it's escaping my brain. Hmm. I'll figure it out. And then I'll tell I you. I just put it in the, I put, I've just looked, Googled it and found it and put it in the chat. Chaparral. Yeah. Chaparral. Oh. Yeah, that's the other Chaparral's one. Yes. And that's that's what the guy recommended find. that was on the lady, the Sisters of Liberty. He really okay. recommended that. And I just ordered some. It was easy to find. Can't remember why, what he said, why you should have he it. Used, he used it when he was doing it with the, when they had COVID also. He mixed the, he had Comfrey, Chaparral, and Mullen, I believe it was, was those three that he combined because they had been using a lot of the Mullen and Com I think Comfrey, I can't remember, but he added in the Chaparral. And then that's what broke it down and got him and his family over it so much quicker was mm -hmm. the adding in chaparral. So these are all great as teas. Um, tinctures. Tinctures. Yep. I make some tinctures too. My house looks, every windowsill in my house looks I like do. I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> my kids say, wow, mom. I love it. That's funny. I said, hey, when, there's some when website. You get anything else? Buy them where they're pretty inexpensive. There was, there was one summer where I went on this thing of getting a medical kit and I actually found oh tons of antibiotics. I would go through this pet store place. So I have amoxicillin. I have all of the cillins. You know that garlic is the, if you take garlic, it is the equivalent. If you take two of them, so if you had a prescription for penicillin and it was for uh, one, three times a day, if you took two cloves of garlic three times a day, that's equivalent equivalent to what you've just been told to take for your penicillin, for your antibiotics. Hmm. 
Right. And if you get ear infections, there's a garlic ear oil. I, I wish I'd have learned this a long, long time ago. You just mix it, with, mix it with a, a olive oil. oil. Yeah. Let it, let it. Earache or little babies that get earaches, just put that in their ears and it cures it overnight. Like it's amazing. Mm -hmm. anyway. Do you have that website, Tracy, that you bought your herbs from? No, I'll try to find it and I'll have to go look on the bag and see where it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can also buy seeds too to plant your own and get them growing in your garden too. So you can harvest your own, you know, dry your own. Emma, do you have another group tonight? Yeah, it starts in like eight minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We probably ought to shut up. I'm no, going to stay okay. for the next one. Which stuff are you doing? I think I'll just jump on, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to um, party on. Revelation for the same. church, revelation for our lives. <laughs> I did bring me a snack because I figured it'd be like this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to go eat dinner real quick. So yeah. I am going to shut off the thing so that this recording separates from the next one. But you're more than welcome to just jump right back on. But. Anyway, have a great week. We'll see you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye.